Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hockman, and currently I'm joined by Real Monarchs goalkeeper Jimmy Slayton. Welcome to the podcast, Jimmy. Hey, Carter. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So I'll, I'll start us off right off the bat by asking, basically, when did it all start for you? When did you know you wanted to become a goalkeeper? Oh, man. All right. So kind of going way back, probably 10 years ago or so was kind of when I realized, so yeah, this is for me. I mean, I kind of dabbled with it here and there when I was eight, nine, then 10, 11, 12. I was like, all right, like this, I'm I kind of like this a bit better than scoring some goals. Um, so by 12, 13, I was like, all right, it's time for me to kind of pick. Do I want to be a field player? Do I want to just stay parked in the goal and do my thing? And that's right. And it was definitely where I was happier. So probably 12, 13, that's where this whole journey started. What was that sort of deciding factor for you? I, I think that it kind of came down to what I was best at, honestly. Like I, I was serviceable in the field, but I, I felt more at home and more comfortable and confident in the goal, and that kind of brought me to where I am. Yeah, we, we've talked before, and you played just about every sport growing up, as a lot of kids do. Um, how did you eventually narrow it down to focusing on soccer, and, and how important would you say is, or at least trying multiple sports? Because I know for me, there's aspects of almost every, of any sport that you could translate into goalkeeping. Yeah, I mean, for me... I was always outside playing with my friends. I was trying to play in every different league, whether it be rec, travel, premier, whatever it is. So it's like, for me, I always encourage people to play all the sports they can because whether it's football, basketball, baseball, there's going to be transferable skills. Um, But kind of once I got into that seventh to eighth grade part of my life and uh, club soccer was really picking up the travel was picking up uh, the commitment really just picked up a lot I realized it was time for me you know this this is what I want to do and I think I've got to put all my energy and time into this Um, so I think once eighth grade hit maybe maybe freshman year of high school I was I was just playing solely soccer it's interesting that is sort of a unique time for a lot of athletes when they get to late you know late middle school early high school is when everyone starts getting either a lot more competitive because it is sort of when we start to fill into our bodies you know yeah yeah absolutely so what's you know what's one thing always you get asked about just being a goalkeeper I always get the I could never do that or I could I could never stand in front of the shots like that what's the one question that you always get constantly people ask me what about penalty kicks they're like what do you do on penalty kicks? I don't know why people love penalty kicks. I mean, it's it's hilarious to me. It's like, I mean, you just kind of you take an educated guess. But like, I guess another question that I get a lot is like, why why do you do that? Like, why do you put your body in front of a ball that's being blasted at your face? Like, well, why? How? I don't know. I can. It's um, like I I always say like I can use my hands. You know, it's not my hands protect my face. But I mean, it's funny you mentioned penalty kicks because I know. Just from, you know, from experience, obviously, every goalkeeper is different how they handle it. Were you, and I've, I don't think, you know, in the, in the years that we played against each other, I don't think we ever had any PKs that, I'm, that I can think of against each other. Are you like, are you active so. on your line? Are you making yourself big? I know I have a specific thing that I do, but I want to hear what you do first. Yeah, I mean, 
from an early age, I was told, like, just kind of try and play some mind games. So I'll, I'll kind of be a bit slow to get onto my line, just make the goal look a bit smaller while I can. And, you know, the ref remind me a couple of times, yeah, get on your line, just kind of delay the process, make them, make them think about it a bit more. And uh, just, I, I don't like to be too active. I'm not doing anything crazy, but just a little bit to throw them off. Cause to me, I, I don't love when the guys are – you've seen those guys on ESPN doing cartwheels and stuff, and then you concede, and it's like, oh, yeah. well, I just did circus moves for no reason. But It's funny. Yeah, something simple. Get in their head. It's funny. I, I remember – I think I was 15 years old. I went to um, a soccer camp over the summer, and I had a uh, – it was the first time I had ever gotten uh, goalkeeper training in my life. And I had a, a, a coach – talk about how he when he was playing professionally how he used to handle penalties and and it's a move that i i adapted and what he would do is that, you know the, the referee would place the ball on the spot and i would walk up to the ball and make and check and you know check to see if it was flat um and i would like hold it up to the ref i would walk back and then i would just throw the ball away but like no this ball is flat and then it would obviously like it would sort of what you said it would delay uh the process even more and every you know everyone hated it. the referee hated it the forward hated it I loved it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta try and take control for what you can. Exactly, you, you make a couple people mad. You get some other emotions flowing through, and you know what? You're you're in a good position right there. So, getting back on track a little bit, you know, we talked about high school. It's an interesting time for goalkeepers because it's about that time period where goalkeeper training is is becoming increasingly more important because you're starting to grow into your body physically. But not every goalkeeper gets the same kind of training. A lot of the time, we have to seek it out ourselves. Um, I know from my experience, uh, from my first two, two and a half years of high school, we didn't have a goalkeeper coach. I, I never even had any, like I said, I didn't have any goalkeeper-specific training until I was about 15. Uh, what was that time like for you? Because you had quite the prolific career in high school. You were you know, three-time all-conference goalkeeper, two-time all-state, all-region, all-American conference champion. 2015, you were Connecticut Player of the Year. From an award standpoint, it was much more interesting than mine. But, but what what was that what was that time like for you in terms of you know training and 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 playing? Yeah, I mean, so for me, it was it was a lot about taking the opportunities that I could. Um, with high school, we had a, a really good head coach. He had been an All American at the University of Hartford, and he was a top three pick in the MLS draft in the late nineties. And it's like he, but he was a forward, so. He, he was very attacking oriented training, had a lot of reps for me, just getting a lot of finishing reps from the guys. And we didn't really have a structured goalkeeper coach at any point. We had, um, we had another coach that was a former goalkeeper who would be here every now and then, but it wasn't ever like a structured goalkeeper training. So it was a matter of me finding what I needed to do, maybe working with a club coach on the weekend or finding a, finding someone to get shots on me at the end of tra uh, training or before training. Um, once we got back into the club premier side of everything, we had our goalkeeper coach and it was usually like one training session a week with goalkeeper stuff, which, which isn't enough. I don't think um, you've got to be constantly working on your craft. Um, so it's like, if you have a good relationship with your coach, can you say, Hey, like, can I hop in maybe another session with this age group or, this team can can I just get more reps um so I was I was all about that seeing 
where and when I could get more work in so that I can I can get where I wanted to get. Yeah, you and I grew up in that era of goalkeeping where initially when we're when we're younger, we, we were just expected to be shot stoppers, make the acrobatic saves and then boot the ball three quarters of the way down the field. And then all of a sudden I remember I remember it very vividly. All of a sudden we're expected to be connecting passes with our feet, clipping balls over forwards down the channel, side volleying balls to our forwards. What was that transition like for you? Because I know for me, it wasn't just difficult to train physically, but it was a big mental hurdle too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally hear you on that. It was definitely that transition happened as we were developing. Um, so it was like training went from, yeah, react, power, handle, like all this to, all right, like let's catch across and then find our target here. And it was a lot more intricate and detailed. Um and certainly physically, it's like you're working on your right foot, your left foot. You, you've got to be clean in so many ways, but also mentally you're like, okay, now my job is just expanded a ton. I'm no longer just a goal. I'm no longer just a shot stopper. You know, I'm the first line of attack and the last line of defense. So your role changes, your mentality changes towards it. And I know for me, it, it was definitely hard um, meeting those expectations. And as the level grew, the expectations grew and, you just gotta you gotta put the work in like people ask me like how do you work on your feet how do you work on even goal kicks stuff like that just taking extra reps working on it when you can but it was it's definitely difficult going from that era of your eight to 14 without that having a having an impact on the game to you hit 15 and you're expected to do all this stuff, right? Yeah. Away, and you know? it's interesting because you can sort of see it. If you watch highlights of older goalkeepers in the early two thousands and to, to early 2010s, it's just, it's these in the late nineties, even it's these big hulking, powerful men uh, who are, you know, just making these powerful saves, diving at forwards feet with almost no regard for their body. And then all of a sudden 2000, 12 2013 and on rolls around they're these much more well-rounded athletes a lot slimmer and a lot more cerebral yeah yeah I mean you look at you look at the goalkeepers nowadays and aside from maybe the premier league the premier league still kind of has that you got to be six foot three six foot four build but you see you see La Liga and League One and France and Syria ah you you have all these different molds and whether they be six foot five and built like a brick wall or six foot five and slim or five foot 10, like you've get, you've got all these different molds because there's so many different skill sets these days and so many different combinations of what that goalkeeper can be. It's, it's amazing. So we, we, we talked about your high school career a little bit. Talk to me about your college recruiting process because your high school resume must've attracted some attention. Yeah, I mean, so for me, I actually didn't have a, a super exciting recruiting process in terms of offers being thrown out left and right. Um, I I had to put a lot of work in kind of behind the scenes, emailing coaches. My club was, it was a really good club. We won a lot of games, went to a lot of big tournaments. But even then, it's, it's tough being in kind of when I was growing up, it was the U.S., ussda or whatever the academy they were getting a lot of the looks and a lot of the stock and players were are they academy kids and if they're not like the a lot of schools didn't really pay as much attention to the club guys um 
So it started off for me probably freshman, sophomore year, coming up with a big list of schools, narrowing it down, sending out emails, contacting these guys, and really, really putting a lot of work into writing a good email. How can I get these guys to notice me? I made my own highlight videos, um, just like doing all this kind of dirty work that goes kind of overlooked, I think, at this point. Um, you don't just have coaches showing up, you know, you got to, you got to, tell them why they should show up. So I eventually was able to, I had a few offers on the table. I actually could have been your teammate at UMass Lowell, <laughs> but um, I, it ended up coming down to, I played a game for my high school coach for his club team, who was just the older age group at my club and the university of Hartford coach was there. And I, I had a decent game, made some saves and, uh, uh, my coach at the end of it said, Hey, uh, the Hartford head coach was there. You should, you should reach out to him. And I had a unofficial visit later that week or so. So that was probably my junior year and things picked up from there and, uh, history is history. And I was a Hartford. It's Hawk. interesting that you say that, you know, a lot, there's a lot of work that does go unnoticed and untalked about with, with goalkeeping recruiting specifically, because like you said, you know, I didn't play club soccer until about my junior year of high school. And it wasn't an academy team, um, those those development academy teams, those, you know, the the MLS academies, none of that. And then and like you said, those are really where the, you know, the the division one coaches are going to look first. Um, that's that. Or, I mean, right. that's starting to change. I don't know if it's really made a drastic change, but you do really have to, especially as a goalkeeper, you you have to really reach out yourself, because even if you do go to those ID camps and the clinics and all that stuff. They're not really set up for goalkeepers. They're almost reliant on goalkeepers being there, which is ironic. But they don't really have, they don't really have <laughs> much set up. Um, so you do have to network yourself, build your own film, build your own reel, um, and, and do a lot of the contacting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of it. A lot of the responsibilities on you, and and I think that the earlier you realize that, the better prepared you'll be. And it's it's funny. You sort of answered my next question. Um, but I, I was going to ask, you know, what went into you, you deciding to stay in Connecticut and, and, and land at a mid-major conference like America East? Yeah. Um, so what, what it came down to really was, was a few different things. One was the program itself. Um, University of Hartford, the coaching staff with, uh, Tom Poitras, Mike Coolis, and at the time Mirza Harambasic, um, they they did a really, really good job showing me what they wanted to do with the program. They'd had some uh, some success before me. They had been to some conference championships and their their whole pitch to me was we want we want to be back in the NCAA tournament. We wanna we had a bunch of pictures of the form uh, past NCAA tournament teams and they had a big blue dot with NCAA on them in the locker room. And they, their whole pitch was we want that next blue dot we want you to be a part of getting that next blue dot. And I, I believed in them. They believed in me. And when it came down to purely the soccer and the program, that was the perfect fit for me because they believed in their philosophy. I was bought in. And in two of my four years, we went to the conference championship. And unfortunately we weren't able to get that blue dot, but they told me exactly what I was getting 
and it couldn't have been a better pairing in terms of soccer. I mean, you've also got to look at the academic side, which I, I had a great experience with, and um, I'm very family-oriented, and I've got a lot of family in the area, so they were able to go to almost all my games, and um, it was just a really good fit. Um, early on, the coaches just established a great relationship with me, my parents, um, and it was it was just a perfect match for me and I'm I wouldn't have wanted to it go anywhere funny else. that you say you know because uh, traveling around the country can be exciting in terms of you know ex- exploring and experiencing new things but I you know like you I went to a school that was 30 minutes down the road and it you know being a family-oriented guy myself it's nice to be able to have to have that ability to have them just show up if they if they want to and and come to as many games as they want it's always reassuring um but I think one thing that can turn a lot of young athletes away is, you know, the America East, it's not a top conference necessarily. It's a mid-major conference. And, and a lot of, I mean, I'm sure you know that you growing up, you want to do what's attractive and you want to do what's, what's you, you want to do the brand name, the big, the big exciting thing. And there's, there's benefits to that, but there's also benefits to playing at like a mid-major conference uh, like America East and playing for Hartford or UMass Lowell and, what would you what would you say the benefits the, the the biggest benefits are for playing in a conference like that as opposed to a huge conference? Yeah, I mean I'm I'm a big advocate for for like promoting America East and, and all that stuff still because I believe that they are they don't get enough credit, you know, as you saw some of the teams in the conference, they they were really good teams. I mean, the conference has definitely grown. And although it's still like that mid-major type category, I think it's done a, the teams have done a great job. Um, but in terms of the benefits of going to a conference like that, you, you get to compete against a lot of guys that might have been overlooked. Um, we talked about my high school resume. I thought I, I put together a pretty good career. And um, – my recruiting process wasn't necessarily glamorous. It was a lot of grinding and that's similar to a lot of guys that you compete against. You've got a ton of competitors. You've got a bunch of guys that are going to work, um, put it in full, full gear there and get a good shift in. I think for me, a great opportunity was we, I, I was able to get a lot of chances to show myself because we were in a competitive conference and it wasn't like I was seeing maybe a shot or two a game. I was seeing seven, eight shots a game sometimes. And I was able to flash some of my shot stopping ability. I was able to have the ball at my feet and do certain things with that. But it helped me grow because I wasn't just there as a game manager. Or I wasn't there just as someone kind of standing idly by. I had to, we, every game was a dogfight. And that started from the back and went all the way through the other side. So um, definitely has its benefits and it is what it is when you put the work in, you can. If you guys are just joining us, this is just for keeps the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm Carter Hawkman. I'm currently joined by Real Monarchs goalkeeper, Jimmy Slayton. Jimmy, we played against each other for a number of years in college, but we had very different paths. You as the clear starter at your time at Hartford and myself as a backup. How important to your personal development as a goalkeeper were your backups? Um, they, they were absolutely essential, honestly. Um, when I first came in, I actually, I didn't just take the role right away. Um, 
I I was a freshman and there was a, a three-year starter that was going into his fourth year and he I was I was ready to take his spot but I also knew he wasn't just going to give it to me so I was I was going to wait my chance he went down halfway through the second game and uh from then on he was not only one of my best friends off the field but he was my biggest supporter on the field um that's and that's the guy that I essentially took the job from then there was the three and the four and they were both also really close friends we had a really good group together and anytime I might have screwed up they weren't like oh man like look at this guy that should be me in there you you've got a good goalkeeper union and you have a good relationship with the guys that are backing you up and you know if you get a chance you're going to be their biggest fan I think I think that's a super important thing um like you want to see each other do well and even though you might want your chance you gotta you gotta have their back give them they always helped me with my reps they'd stay after if I wasn't happy with something and they'd they'd have their conversations with me and just it was a group of friends and uh on and off the field that really really helped everything what would you say just from your experience what would you say is the biggest misunderstanding surrounding goalkeepers I know for me a lot of people assume that we're the laziest or we're the least technical with our feet or not very cerebral players even. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of people don't realize um, the kind of work we actually do. I mean, even in like a training session, maybe maybe we're off with the goalkeepers for 20, 30 minutes and they're working hard, doing some fitness stuff, some rondos, or they're just getting some some good, what they like to say, all their running and all that. But and we might be in our sixth the whole time, but we're getting up, hitting the ground, popping back up for a second save, just exerting maximum energy for that rep. You know, we're not constantly moving now, but we're working hard. When when we've got to make our plays, we've got to we've got to go all out for every moment. Yeah, it, it's, it's actually one of the reasons why I haven't really since since I graduated, I haven't really played. I I definitely haven't hopped a net. I've you know I've played pickup here and there, but. It's funny because goalkeeping especially isn't a position where you can just sort of play pickup. You know what I mean? It's 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 not one where you can yeah. have fun and goof around and and play short sided and, and just not go a hundred percent because otherwise you just it's it's nothing, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's you're totally yeah, exactly. Like some of the guys will be like, Hey, hop in and it's like, No, like I'm we're just kicking around here, like as much as I'd love to, like I want to, if I'm going to get in there, it's, it's going to be a totally different mentality towards it. I'm not, and yeah. I don't think you guys want that. You know? My body on the line for starters that my body that's, that's already in shambles. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and it's going to be, you're not be, you're probably not going to score because I'm going to make sure that you don't. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's a totally different world and it's, 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 it's a kind of sad for me. Cause I, you know, as I'd love to get back on the field, but it's not, I don't really have too many scenarios where, you know, you know, where, where we're coming from, you know, you want to be challenged. You want to play at the highest level you possibly can. And it's, uh, it's not as easy for me to do these days, but um, moving back to sort of where you're at right now, goalkeepers m- making that jump to the next level, is is a whole new universe really um whether it be middle school to high school high school to college college to the pros what would you say is the biggest challenge for a goalkeeper making that jump to the next level whether um because it's it's 
not just about the speed of play. Yeah, so um, for me, I think the difference was was not just the everyone kind of says the speed of play, but it's it's much more than that. I mean, it's it's the physical size, it's the physical speed, it's it's now dealing with a six foot four, two hundred pound center back instead of a club kid that's your age. There's a bigger age gap, you know. You're not just playing guys your age or close to it. You're playing you're playing some beasts out there. Um, I think for me coming into college, that was probably the biggest jump. Um, And then once it went from college to the pros, I think it was more the mental speed of play. It was, it was understanding the tactics of your own team and the other team and um, understanding where you needed to be, why you needed to be there and everything happens faster. So that decision-making process for a goalkeeper is that much more difficult. Do I come on the cross? Do I communicate with this defender to step out there do I readjust my positioning based on this guy's touch um there's just so much more to think about because there's so much more going on and the guys you're playing against are getting better too so it's like you just have to constantly adjust to all these other guys that are at the next level here there and everywhere you know well you graduated from Hartford in May of 2020 and amidst this pandemic you also signed your first pro contract with the Real Monarchs of the USL pre MLS draft. What was that process like for you? Yeah. So, um, that, that process was, it was pretty difficult. Honestly. Um, I realized that after I finished my fall semester, I, I had some opportunities to go to a few different combines. I went to like a regional combine in the Midwest. Uh, I was down with Atlanta United on a combine basis. Um, and then finally kind of the draft period started coming around and um, I was able, I was fortunate enough to connect with my current agent, um, Damani Ralph of Stellar. Um, and he pretty much a couple of days before the draft, he, he talked with me and I was, there were some issues of whether or not I was going to be eligible or not. Um, but, everything kind of fell its way and I, I did have a contract offer before the draft, but then I was all excited, ready to go. Then there were also a few discrepancies that I couldn't officially sign it until after the draft. There were a few different things that went on. So it was, it was all pretty stressful. Just hoping like, okay, I've got this right here. I want to put my name on it. You know, I want this to work. I want this to be where I end up. And I want to take this opportunity and get to work right away. Um, the draft happened. Things fell my way. Signed the paper that day. And it was on to figuring out when I had to get out to Salt Lake City. I mentioned the pandemic strictly because you did play your first professional season in the middle of all this, starting 11 games for the Monarchs. What was that experience like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was crazy, honestly. Um kind of kind of going back to what I was just saying like figured out when I was going had a great like had a good time in preseason did some traveling for preseason matches and then I was actually about to start my first my first game against Phoenix Rising um it was going to be our home opener and a couple days before that everything kind of blew up it was oh man uh yeah the training's canceled today training's canceled the next day uh, we're probably not going to have the game to so the game being canceled. And then kind of, as you saw, I'm sure, and everybody else saw pro sports being put on hold until 
uh, TBD. Maybe they put a date out there, but I don't think anyone reached their initial start date. So it was, it was crazy, honestly. Um, kind of that process, you, you had to figure out how to stay fit. You had to figure out how to train. I was, uh, I got together with the first team goalkeepers at RSL, Zach McMath, Andrew Putna and David Ochoa. And we would, we would put some work in on our own. Um, and we just had to follow protocols and kind of keep showing up. You know, it was, we didn't necessarily get to play much. It was a lot of fitness and individual stuff, but just grinding through that um, to get ready for whatever season we were going to have. And for a long period of time, people were pretty certain that there wasn't going to be a season. Um, finally, we got our start date. Um, I was thrown into the goal against San Diego. And uh, we were actually the first pro sports game in America that had fans again, which was pretty cool. But um, yeah, and then we were able to, I think our team only had, we had very few cases, but we, we had to follow strict protocols. And um, it wasn't necessarily that glamorous life of that you might see in the media about a pro athlete. It was a lot of sitting around, um, just staying fit, staying healthy, working hard and doing your job, you know, being able to play. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, you, you train with the first teamers and that's just really another example of the, the goalkeeper reunion that we talked about before. And for those who don't quite understand, why do you think there's such a tight bond between goalkeepers? I, I think that it's such a tight bond because we, we understand each other and we understand the role. I mean, you, we're we're on an island out there. I mean, we've got a relationship with our center backs and left back, right back, our six. We've got all the relationships still, but we're not a defender. We're not a midfielder. We're not an attacker. We're in our own group. So just like those guys are kind of grouped together, whether it be two starters or four starters or whatever, there's only one of us. It's our own group. So we kind of have to take in that same same approach with each other we've got to realize all right like I'm going I'm trying to be the number one but I also I want to make sure that we do well and we succeed and we've got to prepare each other to be number one whoever it is so I think we've got a unique relationship just because we're we're in that unique position of being the only guy out there in our position it is interesting because it's one of the only positions that you're always competing against your other goalkeeping partner. But at the same time, the second it's game time, you want that person that you're working against to win the spot to do really well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to, I think it changes as you keep climbing the levels. Um, But it's like, you've got to keep, keep having their back and like, no matter what, you've got to be supporting them and you've got to be that good teammate because you don't want to be the guy sitting on the bench with a, with his head down. You want to you wanna show that you're bought into the system, you're, you're trusting of the system and your coaching staff and whatever's going on. You've got to be a part of that process and your opportunity will come. You've got to, uh, I think Ter Stegen's got a great quote. It's uh, play, play like you're the number one and train like you're the number two. You've always got to keep pushing. You can't just, if you are the one, you've got to keep training to be that one. You've got to, you've got to just keep pushing yourself and you've got to push the others to get better. Cause when it comes down to it, if you're, if your team's not winning, you're, you're probably gonna struggle to find a job, you know? It's a great quote. And for those who don't know, Martin Ter Stegen, the goalkeeper for, for Barcelona, but 
That's a, it's a, it leads me to my next question perfectly, which is, you know, what would you say are the aspects about goalkeeping that prepare you for life after soccer? Um, yeah, I think the, the position prepares you well for life after soccer, because first of all, no matter what you're, you're kind of a leader within the team. Your job is to communicate and organize everything in front of you. You're essentially in that, that higher up position. Maybe if you're looking at a business you're looking at maybe like the president or the CEO that sees the financial sheets. They see the ink, like they see, they, they see all the different pieces of information that go into create their business. We see the whole field that's creating the game. We see the different attacking opportunities, defending opportunities, and we have to communicate those different opportunities just as a boss would in the business. Um, I think that, the communication skills in general, learning how to talk to somebody, learning how to get the most out of your center back and not just scream at them or, or not just be cool with them. You know, like you've got to find that balance with people. You find yourself having a lot of different conversations um, and just kind of realizing, you know what, like you're in a position with a ton of pressure. Generally, you know, you're not always getting all the glory as a goalkeeper, which is fine. Sometimes when you deserve the glory, you don't get it, but sometimes you don't deserve the blame and you, you'll still get it. It's a very, very high pressure situation. So um, performances matter. And I think a big thing is how to bounce back um, is always important because if you've got a tough one, you've got you've to put it in the back of your mind. You've got to figure out how can I fix this? How can I fix that? Just like you would in, in real life. That's incredibly true. I, I talked about it in my in my first episode with with Danny Vidiello, a, a goalkeeper we actually know both well from our time in college. Yeah. Um, but my first start was actually my senior night against you. Um, I remember just being so excited, and after the national anthem, both teams shake hands and I and kind of retreat to their respective huddles. You and I had sort of known each other kind of beforehand at that point, and I I remember when it was time to shake hands. I was all smiling and ready to be like, Hey man, good luck. And you were just, you were dead serious, not even looking me in the eye, all business. And I was just like, I was, Oh yeah, this is a conference game. Everything I've worked for, for <laughs> this is everything I've worked for for four years. It's time to be serious. I don't, I just, I don't remember if you remember that at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember that. I remember the fans were chanting for you. Everyone, everyone was all about it. And it was, it was great to see. I mean, like we had, we had talked before a little bit and all that. And it's like, it, it's difficult because when when the national anthem finishes it is all business for me even even once once i put on my kit i'm i'm all all business i i might flash smile here and there but for the most part it's like like i i wanted to be able to like you know get like add to your special moment but i was like i can't can't give this guy anything right now this (laughs) this is a game man i'm i'm not i'm not here to cheer carter on i'm here to win a game and i'm here to you're, Carter. <laughs> you're not here to cheer me on then what is this all about i don't know i don't know man well jimmy it was, a, it was an absolute pleasure to pick your brain and and hear a little bit about your journey uh seriously but good luck on on the 21 2021 season with the monarchs i appreciate it carter thanks for having me on absolutely so guys this has been another episode of just for keeps the podcast all about goalkeepers i'm your host carter hockman we'll see you next time